Hey everyone, this is John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister here at the Eagle Community Church of Christ in Mont Bellevue. We're so glad that you're joining us for this podcast. Today, uh, our youth minister, Jordan Santos, takes us through uh, what he is calling from disciple to apostles. This is a uh, uh, this is a week where we celebrate our seniors here in 2022, and we're so glad to have so many that have been part of our church. Again, we thank you for joining us. We hope you'll join us in person uh, anytime you have a chance. We hope to see you soon. Good morning again. I am so excited to see so many new faces. If you are wondering why we have so many visitors today, then you don't listen to my announcements when I come up here usually because I've been talking about it the past few weeks. It's Senior Sunday. Uh, it is a great time to celebrate everything that our kids have accomplished. Uh, I'm very proud of all of them, and I get it. I get it. I was not. Uh, it's not. I'm not too far removed from graduations. I graduated from college just a year ago, and in high school four years before that, I guess. And so it's a lot of movement going on. I spent all day Friday going to graduations, and I went to one in the morning at 10 a.m. for one kid, and then one at 2.30 p.m. for two kids, and then the Barber Sill was at 8 p.m. that night. And so uh, I hit all of them. I was, my first graduation started at 10, and then I got out of my last graduation at 10. So it was a fun day of sitting and hearing people's names called that I have no idea who they are. Um, but uh, it was worth it to see see our kids graduate. I'm, I didn't miss that moment because it, it gave me flashbacks of my graduation, which was also long. And fun fact about me, I actually sang the national anthem in my graduation. Now what you're thinking, you're thinking, Jordan, we hear you lead worship sometimes and your voice is nothing special. And you're right, I know that. I have no idea why they asked me to sing the national anthem. I begged my parents not to film it and they said they didn't. <laughs> but I don't know if I believe them. So maybe there's film, maybe there's not, but you'll never see it. Um, I'll the, find a way. You'll find a way? I hope not. Anyways, um, another flashback I have of this period of my life was I remember my senior Sunday at church. Um, they did the thing. They gave us Bibles, you know, thing that most churches do. And then after service, everybody wants to come and congratulate you, which is Appropriate. You should congratulate our seniors, tell them good job, tell them you're proud of them. Um, but I remember the most frustrating thing was I kept getting asked the same question over and over again. And that question, everyone wanted to ask, are you excited? And this is a warning to you. I'm saying it for them because I couldn't say it when I was a teenager. Quit asking them if they're excited, okay? <laughs> yes, they're excited. Kind of. I mean... I'm excited to uh, you know, have some freedom and make my own choices and not have to be home at a certain time, but I'm not excited to like make big life-changing decisions on my own, right? Not as excited for that. I'm excited to, you know, I went to college. I'm excited for, I was excited to uh, live with all of my best friends that I was about to meet, uh, but I wasn't excited to not live with my family who had taken care of me for so many years. So there are things that are exciting, but then also like, it's more complicated than that. You, there, you feel a few emotions at once. There are some things to be excited about, but it can also be very intimidating. So don't ask them if they're excited because 
yeah, I don't think you want the real answer. It'd be along with an answer. And one person asking it is okay, but everyone asking the same thing is tough. So you're welcome. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, oh, here's a picture of me the day I moved into college. There's me in my freshman dorm. And uh, I do not want you to say, oh, Jordan, you look exactly the same. Because I don't. I look older, okay? I do look older, so, and I don't care what you have Is that just a really tall bed? Or? That is the world's tallest bed, actually. That is the world's tallest bed. And I can't believe they fit it in my dorm room. Anyways, um, I don't want you to say I look the same because I definitely look older. And I don't want you to say, wow, Jordan, you look very different because I know what you're implying. And it is all muscle, I promise, okay? But there's me, and then also, bonus picture, there's my dad. If you've ever wondered why my last name was Santos, there's my Filipino dad. He's a little darker than I am. He was in the middle of crying, if you can't tell. But it's a very sweet moment. It was an emotional day. Uh, me and my family were all pretty close. At least we definitely were then. Um, I'm the oldest of five kids. We always lived in a small house. We were very tight-knit. Um, we were... We were Close, and so this day was extra emotional. Uh, I have two sisters. They were both hugging me and crying me. They were really sad. Um, and then I have two brothers. They were hugging me. They weren't crying because you know they were teenage boys and they don't cry. Um, but I, could, I, I knew what they meant. And then my mom, she was bawling whenever I hugged her. She wasn't ready for it because I'm the oldest. You know, I'm the oldest. I was the first one to go off. It's a big step um, for any family, right? And then my dad. Uh, my dad, he was my best friend until I, you know, went to college and met my best friend and eventually married her. But me and my dad were so close for a long time. And this was a tough moment for him. Right now, now that he's a little older, he cries all the time. You know, you get a little more loose with age. But at this time, you know, he didn't cry as much. And uh, here he was, he was getting emotional. And it was tough for me because I've seen him get emotional and I was getting emotional. Because up until this point, I had told myself, you know, I'm okay, no big deal. I get to be myself, I'm ready. And then, you know, you get to this moment and you feel a lot of things, right? But it's the last time my family's hugging me before they get in the car and leave. My dad's the last one to hug me. Um, and he's giving me a hug, he pulls, like he pulls me out like this and he says, Jordan, don't forget what I told you, all right? I said, I know, dad, I know, I know, I know. Uh, we get, he gives me a hug, he gets back in the car. I had no idea what he was talking about. I didn't know. He said, remember, remember, and I was like, I, I have no idea. And maybe it was something really important. Maybe it was the key to college. Maybe I struggled that whole time for no reason because he gave me the secret and I just couldn't remember it. Um, but he's, he's trying to give me some sort of wisdom and I have no idea what he's talking about. Maybe it's something serious or maybe you know it was him saying, Jordan, remember, I told you, quit trying to grow a mustache. It's never gonna look good. But look at me now, dad. Anyways, you may have your own opinions about that. I don't know. But... Whatever it was, uh, I they got in the car, drove away, and I was I was wondering, and I still have no idea. I never asked him because I didn't want him to be disappointed that I didn't know what it was. And if, if I asked him right now, he would have no idea either. That was you know five years ago, six years ago. Um, what? Are you? Are we having a conversation? What are we doing? <laughs> I love Chase. He's the best. Anyways, um, he was trying to plant some sort of wisdom in my head, and I have no idea. And I never found out. There's not going to be a happy ending to that story. I have no idea. But it does set up what I want to talk about today. Here's the title. Oh, wrong way again. Here's the title of the sermon. From a disciple to 
apostle. And I'll get into what that means here in a little bit. But I just thought this little graphic was clever because, you know, it has like from and to like you would write on a letter. And then, you know, there's a mailbox. I thought it was clever. Maybe it's just for me. I don't know. Um, you can laugh if you want. <laughs> but anyways, we're going to talk about just like, you know, the college story. Uh, we're going to talk about another caregiver who's dropping a student off into the real world. Okay. We talk about Jesus a lot in church. I'm sure you've heard about Jesus. We talk about him all the time. Um, we, uh, we talk about his story because it's the center of our faith. Uh, he loved us so much that he gave himself to die in our place, right? He was buried and then he remained buried. He remained dead for three days just in case you know anyone was thinking that he was faking his death, right? And then he rose up from the grave. And what a good ending to the story that would be. But... Jesus had more that he needed to do before he left, right? He spent the next few days um, going out to the apostles, proving that he had risen from the dead, showing his, his scars, saying, it is me, what I said was true. Even though the disciples, uh, Jesus had told the disciples many times that he was going to die and he was going to rise, and they just went right over their head. They didn't believe it until he came back and showed them, right? And... For me, uh, because I have ADHD, sometimes I hyperfixate on details, especially in a story. And when I read the story of Jesus' ascension, it talks about him going up in a cloud. And I always thought, number one, it was the most theatrical thing he could have done. Because you know Jesus could have snapped his fingers and just disappeared and been in heaven, right? He's, he's Jesus. He does what he wants. But uh, he goes up in a cloud. And I've always wondered what exactly that looked like. Because does he step on the cloud? And it just keeps going up and up, and the, the disciples are just kind of watching it until it, you know, it's a little speck in the air and it disappears. Um, or how long is Jesus, you know, actually like is he on the? He steps on the cloud. He says bye everybody, and then he raises up, and he's just kind of standing in silence for, you know, how long it would take to float to out of the atmosphere? A long time. If you took an elevator, I don't know. I, I've always wondered about that. It's not important, but um, I loved that part of the story because uh, I just thought it was fun. And only two of the Gospels actually talk about Jesus' ascension into heaven. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all talk about his death, burial, resurrection, uh, resurrection, all the big things, right? But only Mark and Luke talk about his actual ascension into heaven. And uh, actually, in the book of Mark, the last few verses where it does talk about it, um, some versions, uh, some translations don't even have it in the Bible. Your Bible, maybe it has those last few verses, um, and maybe your Bible doesn't. It depends. But um, Luke is actually the only author that gives us some real details consistently, right? And so I want to read through that story in Luke real quick. Luke 24, if you want to turn with me, or you can follow along on the screen, verses 50 through 53. When he had let them, uh, when he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. Isn't that such like, you know, a sweet little passage? Jesus blessed them. He went up to heaven. And they, you know, they were so happy. They praised God all day long, right? But it doesn't even sound like a complete story. It sounds like there are things missing, right? You know there has to have been more details than that. Luckily, do you know who this is? It's Luke, right? And 
I don't know, Luke, maybe this looks exactly like him, or maybe it, I don't know. I'm sure he looked exactly like this, but this is Luke. And luckily, Luke wrote more than one book of the Bible. He also wrote the book of Acts. And in the book of Acts, at the very beginning, the first chapter, he also talks about the ascension a second time. So uh, luckily, he goes into more details there. We'll read through that together also. This is Luke talking. He said, the first account I composed Theophilus about all that Jesus began to do and teach. He's talking about the book of Luke. Uh, until the day where he was taken up into heaven, after he had given orders by the Holy Spirit, the apostles whom he had chosen. To these, he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of things regarding the kingdom of God. Gathering, gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they began asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time that you're restoring the kingdom of Israel? But he said to them, it is not for you to know the periods of time or appointed times which the Father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, as far as the most remote parts of the earth. And after he said, after he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were watching, and a cloud took him up out of their sight. So this one gives us a lot more detail. Thank goodness, right? Um, they're all gathered together, uh, and Jesus gives them what we call the Great Commission, right? Put that up there, the Great Commission. Commission is, you know, you give somebody a job to do. You give somebody a task. And we call it the Great Commission because it is a big deal, right? Easy explanation. But Jesus has given them this new task to do. It's an important one, uh, but... We'll, get, we'll talk about, more about that task in a little bit, but I want to explain the title of the sermon I, finally. There we go. Oh, there we go. From Disciple to Apostle. When I was a kid, uh, sitting in Bible class, one of the most um, frustrating things to me is when you know a teacher would ask, what were Jesus' followers called? And it's referred to disciple and apostle, apostle multiple times throughout the Bible, and I... Uh, like I said, with my ADHD, I was always worried that I would say the wrong one, even though it didn't matter. I was in Bible class, um, and the teacher would have taken both answers, but I'm trying to figure out which one she wanted me to say, and by the time I finally decided what I wanted to answer, they were a few questions passed at that point. Um, but I always thought that they were interchangeable titles until uh, I finally got to college and started taking uh, uh, Bible classes. And fun fact about me, uh, I majored in Bible, but my minor was in Greek. So I took a lot of Greek classes, and when I finally uh, started getting into that stuff, I could understand more what the difference between these two was. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a Greek lesson to understand this a little better. Um, the teens don't usually care much about the Greek stuff. You know, they're just like, what do you want us to know, right? Um, but I can nerd out a little bit for this. So the word disciple, uh, the Greek word is Matheton, which that's where we get the name Matthew, funny enough. So if your name is Matthew, you are disciple. Simple. 
Um, but a disciple, it means a learner or a student. And so in this culture, this isn't someone that just went to school every day, right? They had students that would just go to temple to learn from the priest, but a disciple was someone who took it to a whole another level. A disciple would follow whoever it was they were learning from uh, all throughout their day, trying to learn every aspect of their life so they could eventually be like that person. So if I am a disciple, I'm following this person around so I can be just like them, taking in everything, not just the knowledge they have, but how they live their life so I can be another version of him. And so when we talk about the 12 disciples, who followed Jesus around everywhere to learn from him at his feet constantly, uh, that's what they were doing. Apostle is a little different. Apostle, it comes from uh, the word apostolos and the verb apostello, which means to send, okay? And so apostolos, apostle, is one who is sent, usually with a task, right? As I mentioned, when we take these... Um, these definitions and use them to give context to the Acts 1 passage, we can kind of get a better understanding of the uh, perspective of Jesus' followers. Up until this point, for the last three years, the 12, they were disciples, right? Like I said, they were following around, they were learning everything he had to teach them, um, whether it be him speaking or how he lived, all of it. They were taking in all of it, right? And to do that, they sacrificed a lot, right? They left their careers. They left their families. There wasn't a caravan of wives and children following him around. No, they left their families to make this happen. And we think of it through our uh, 2022 perspective, and that's a little extreme, right? But they were giving all of their life to learn from Jesus. And now they get to this point. Jesus is about to ascend into heaven. And the person that has been their only direction for the past few years is about to be gone, just like that. And so you have to think, how are they feeling right now? Do you think they're excited? Do you think they're excited? I'm sure, yeah, they're excited to get back to their family. They're excited to uh, have a little bit of freedom where they don't have to eat uh, bread and fish you know, every day, right? But they also have to take on this great task that Jesus has just given them. And the figurehead of their faith is about to disappear and they have to be wondering, what do we do next? You know, I think that maybe our seniors probably feel something pretty similar coming up soon, right? So in this moment, the disciples, they received the Great Commission and they are now ones who are sent. They are ones who are sent with this new task uh, to spread the story, the love, the joy of Jesus. And it says to every, uh, even the most remote corners of the earth, right? But luckily the disciples are not left out to dry, right? They're not just like, okay, go figure it out. You got it. I'm sure the disciples felt that way, right? But Jesus says, um, the promised uh, gift is coming, the Spirit is coming, the Holy Spirit is coming, right? Other biblical authors call the Holy Spirit the helper, the comforter, the advocate, and you know, even all those words don't encompass what the Holy Spirit is to us, right? This is the blessing, this is the promised power that Jesus has been talking about. Even though God, sadly, is not walking among them, living on earth anymore, 
They instead, they now have the spirit of God living within them. And I know for me and probably for some of you sometimes, whenever you think of, man, following Jesus is hard. If he was just here right now, if he was in person, it would be so much easier. I would, he could answer all my questions. I wouldn't have to wonder. And, you know, maybe it would be a little easier in some ways. But also, it'd be kind of hard for all of us to follow around one person all day, right? Luckily, we have the spirit of that same God living within us. That's the encouragement I have for all of you, especially the seniors, but for all of you. Just like um, parents, you're about to, parents slash guardians, you're about to release these kids into a new world, a world that's not um, sheltered by you, one that you can't control, one that you may not even know what they're doing at all times. And you're trusting them to say, you know what, you got it. And for kids, yes, you're excited about some things, but also it can be really, really intimidating. I'm, uh, I haven't lived at home in quite a few years now, but there's still times where I'm like, man, I wish my mom was here. I wish my dad was here. I wish I could have that help. I wish I could, and you know, they're just a phone call away, right? But it's different. Uh, we, Abby and I, we just bought a new car the other day and we didn't even ask my parents about it first. Isn't that weird? <laughs> they found out later. Um, and so there's all these things that uh, you experience and it's just different now, right? And that can be intimidating. But luckily, we're not alone either, right? Just like the Spirit was given to them to complete this great task, we've been charged with the exact same one, right? And we have that same exact Spirit. Uh, welcome into all of us as well, right? So, with everything going on today, I... I promise this sermon would be a little short. So to wrap it up, I want to go back to the first story of when my parents dropped me off at school. My dad, he said, remember what I said. And I still have no idea what he had said. But here in Acts chapter 1, Jesus is saying the exact same thing. He said, remember what I told you. You're going, just like John baptized with water, you're about to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And he goes on to say, you have this new task in front of you. But the helper is coming. The Holy Spirit is coming. And good thing for you, we didn't have to wait very long. He's already here. Remember what you heard me say. And so my challenge to you is don't forget what Jesus says here. Don't forget what you've been called to do. Don't forget that you are now sent. You are all apostles. That doesn't mean we stop being disciples. That doesn't mean we stop learning, right? But you've been sent. Whether that is uh, knocking on people's doors, telling them about Jesus, or maybe it's just living your everyday life. In Bible class, the last month, we've been talking about uh, <coughs> music and worship and uh, the songs that we sing and the words that we sing, uh, where those words are found in Scripture and what they mean. And why are we singing these words? What, what does it come from? But I've also challenged the kids to think that the songs we sing in church every Sunday, that's not the extent of our worship, right? Our worship is each and every day living a life that serves Jesus and serves the kingdom. And so you've been called to the same purpose. You've been called to the same mission. You have been sent out. It's happened. 
sent out to be a witness for him, sent out to spread his story, his love, his joy. But you are not alone, right? Not only are there a lot more apostles now, there are more than 12 apostles in here today, and there are so many more around the world. But not only that, you have the helper, the advocate, the comforter, the spirit that lives within you, go with you each and every day. And that knowledge, just knowing that, doesn't fix every problem. It doesn't answer every question. But there is comfort in knowing that God is near to you as long as you want to be near to him. And so my encouragement for you, and especially to the seniors, is no matter what your life ends up being now to the future, know that God is with you and know that you have a mission to do. Okay. You're not alone. I'm with you. This church is with you. And God is with you, okay? We're about to stand and sing in a moment. We'll have an invitation. If you have struggled to find what your mission is, if you've struggled to find how you can feel God close to you, if you've struggled to feel connection to this larger body, or if you need prayers of any kind, if you need help, if you have come to repent, this is we're all here for that today. You can come as we stand and sing. Thank you.